Hello, and welcome to Karen's Medical Corner. I'm Karen O'Day. I'm a certified family nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I own and operate Evercare Family Practice, where I specialize in family health care, bioidentical, as well as FDA-approved hormone replacement therapy, and in aesthetics. I appreciate you joining me for the podcast today, and I would like to do a second part and a conclusion to the podcast done last week on low testosterone for men and on testosterone replacement options. Last week, I discussed uh, many different things regarding testosterone and men, but just did a brief little synopsis on treatment options due to time constraints and that podcast was becoming fairly long. So I thought I would delve more in depth on testosterone replacement options for men as there are several. One that most men uh, know about are the injections and that's the testosterone cypionate. This is uh, an injectable form that's either given intramuscularly or underneath the skin. It is FDA approved and often paid for by the insurance company for um, men and it is given usually every two to four weeks. And the dosing for the injection is based on the individual's levels of testosterone in the testing. So um, there are other types of testosterone injectables as well, not just the cypionate. Um, there are two other forms. And again, those can be given, uh, some of, most of them are every two to four weeks. One of them will start out every four weeks and then you go to every 10 weeks. Uh, one of the um, reasons that men like this form of testosterone replacement is that it is covered by their insurance. One of the downfalls is that it is an injection that's done anywhere from some men get it every week, some men get it every four weeks. Most of the time they do that at home, and oftentimes they do have um, difficulty over time with doing the injections for themselves. It can become painful, so that's one of the complaints that I see. Also, there is a potential for the binders in the testosterone to cause a little bit more aggression. And so men do need to be careful if they are using that form of testosterone replacement. Another type of replacement is a testosterone gel. There are several gels that are available on the market. They're per, uh, given via prescription by the person's provider. And the gels are usually put on every day. Most of the time, they'll be put on in the morning and uh, they're very easy to use. However, some of the uh, pitfalls for this type of replacement therapy is that the patient has to be extremely careful that no one else in the household is exposed to this type of testosterone. So there's a lot of cleaning that's involved in making sure that there's no cross-contamination from the patient's hand onto objects that may be encountered by other household members such as sink handles or toilet handles or uh, uh, the handles on the drawers that you pull out in the bathroom. So that can be um, one of the, of the reasons why men don't like to use this form. It has to be done every day and uh, you do have to be very careful with it. However, it is easy. It's applied at home and uh, when the, you know, when the man remembers to do it every morning, then uh, there is usually no, no difficulty with that form. 
Uh, with uh, the gels, we'll talk about next the testosterone patches. There are several patches that are available. The patches are usually put on every night between 8 p.m. and midnight, and they're left in place for 24 hours. After the 24-hour period of time, the testosterone patch is usually removed, and another patch is applied. Now again, this type of hormone replacement therapy is fairly easy. Um, you just have to remember to put a patch on every night, and the patient is instructed to make sure they take that patch off after the 24 hours and put another one on. You can't just leave the other patch on and put another one on on top. One of the possible side effects is obviously um, having a sensitivity to the adhesive that allows the patch to stay in place. So people with sensitive skin may have a little bit of a difficult time using that form. Uh, two other things to consider with the gels as well as the patches is the absorption. Everybody absorbs medication differently, so some uh, men may absorb this very well and have high testosterone levels where other men may not absorb it as well and not to get the benefits of that type of therapy. Another form of testosterone replacement that a lot of men don't know about, I think a lot do, but uh, sometimes in my practice they'll be surprised to hear that there is a nasal spray that you can use. It's actually uh, a gel that goes into the nostril three times a day. So you would put the dosage into the nostril, each nostril three times daily, and usually the patient will be told to space those doses out to every six to eight hours. Now this is an effective form for delivery as far as absorption of testosterone, although it is something that does have to be done multiple times a day, and again, it needs to be kept away from anybody else in the household. Um, some of the side effects associated with this would be uh, anything that is put in the nose has the ability to irritate the nasal mucosa, which can increase nosebleeds to a degree, can also uh, possibly cause headaches, dry mu nasal mucosa, and there's always the potential for increase in nasal discharge and the gel is not being uptaken appropriately. And again, it is very individual on how men are going to uptake something that's given intranasally. Some may uptake it very well and have high levels, while some may not get the full benefits. Other forms of hormone replacement therapy that we'll talk about next are the um, bioidentical. So bioidentical, I do use a lot of in this practice, and you can use bioidentical creams that can go on to the skin that are formulated by a compound pharmacy. Again, with testosterone, you do have to be careful that no one else in the household is becoming in contact with this uh, bioidentical cream, and it does have to be put on twice a day. It can be put on in the areas of the uh, lower arms, you can put it on the thighs, you can put it on the buttocks, but you do have to put it on twice a day due to the half-life of the medication. The other uh, possible downfall is we don't know how men are going to absorb it until they've tried it. Some may absorb it wonderfully, some may not. Uh, it just depends on their uh, individual bodies. Another type of bioidentical a hormone replacement for men is called a troche, and that's spelled T-R-O-C-H-E. And the troche, again, is also bioidentical. It is formulated by a compounding pharmacy, and the uh, troche goes in between the gum and the cheek where it is left to dissolve, and there's specific directions that the pharmacy will give the person. It can be formulated with 
um, a flavor, so that makes it nice for the person to use. Um, but it does, again, have to be done twice a day. Some of the complaints that I get regarding the trochies is that it takes them a while to dissolve and they're told not to swallow the um, saliva. Now I haven't heard that too much, but that is something that a lot of men don't want to do. A lot of men do get very good absorption this uh, through this form of therapy, and it does tend to work very well for most people, bringing their testosterone level uh, up to an optimized state. However, it is done twice a day. Um, with all of the testosterone replacement that we've just talked about, the one downfall is that there is a half-life in every single form that we've just mentioned. So the injections have a half-life, the nasal gel has a half-life, the topical gel, solutions, patches, and the trochies, as well as the bioidentical creams, all have half-lives. So that means when you are using the medication, initially you're getting a spike in your level, and then over time, that level in your system starts to go down, which is why you have to do it again, either every day, or twice a day, or every two weeks, or every four weeks, or even every 10 weeks, you're still getting that half-life where it has to be replenished. It's wearing off, um, and your levels are going back down again. The um, hormone replacement with bioidentical pellets, they do not have a half-life. And so there are many different types of bioidentical implantable pellets that you can use. I happen to be a provider for BioT, and I like that form of hormone replacement therapy. I think it's very effective. I like the fact that it is formulated in the pharmacy and that they have a very tight range of their pellets being um, inspected and a 10%, uh, they don't go over 10% either way on their uh, dosage, whereas other pellets that may be formulated at other um, places may be, uh, have a, a more than a 10% leeway. And that can give people, when you put the pellets in, they may not be getting the same dose that they got on the last dose, whereas BioT is very careful in the way that they formulate their pellets. Now these pellets are nice, um, as well as, um, very easy to insert, but one reason I like them and one reason that I uh, am on pellets myself, even though I'm not on a man's dose of testosterone, but the nice thing about these pellets is there's no uh, type of binder holding the testosterone together. So when you're using gel or you're doing an injection or you're using a patch or you're using a trochee or you're using a cream, there is a binder that is holding that testosterone into place to be absorbed into your system, however the method is going to be. With BioT uh, bio pellets, there is no binder. These pellets are held together with 10,000 pounds of pressure, so it is pure 100% bioidentical hormone, which I think is really important because there's no competition for binding with the um, type of binder that's being used to hold the medication into place. There's also less risk for any type of side effects or allergic reaction because sometimes people will be allergic to whatever that binder is that's holding that medication in place. So that's why BioT for me is an option that works really well in my practice and we do uh, have a lot of patients who are on these pellets. The other nice thing about these pellets uh, bioidentical pellets is there is no half-life to the pellet. It is absorbed based on the person's cardiac output. 
So the more activity the person is doing, the faster they're going to burn through the pellets. The least activity or the littler the activity is, then they're not going to burn through the pellets as fast. Now we want people to be active and that just simply means that they may need their pellets a little bit more frequently. But on average, bioidentical pellets uh, from BioT are placed every three to six months. The blood work is, is uh, drawn, it's put into a computer system that gives us an algorithm of what uh, is recommended for hormone replacement and then based on the individual that dose can be adjusted and there's also many many different options as far as dosing there's not a three dose regimen because there is an implantable pellet that is FDA approved but there's only three different dosing options and oftentimes that's not going to be adequate for treating somebody who's individual we are not made out of cookie cutters we are individuals and our levels are all going to be different which is what is nice about implantable pellets the pellets are placed fairly easily. There's just a little incision that's made after the patient is numbed up and the trocar is inserted into the subcutaneous tissue and the pellets are individually placed into the uh, trocar basket and inserted. So the whole procedure may take about maybe five minutes to put the pellets in. Sometimes it's a lot faster, sometimes it takes a minute or so. It just depends on the person. It depends on the number of pellets being used and on um, the area that they're being placed. Most of the pellets are placed into the subcutaneous fat of the buttock. They, you can place them into the lower abdominal area, into the fatty tissue, but the majority of cases that I'm aware of are usually into the subcutaneous fat of the buttock. So the uh, patient is given instructions on not doing any heavy gluteal activity in on that side for approximately seven days. They uh, do have to wait a bit to take a shower. Usually it's about 24 hours. And the Steri-Strip should stay on for about seven days. And then we just have people stay off of as much as possible, unless it's medically indicated, uh, blood thinners, and they can take uh, a Tylenol for any discomfort. Um, the follow-up is usually done in a month and uh, to determine how the person is responding to the pellets. And then blood draws are based individually on you know based on how the person is doing how they're feeling when their last uh, dose of testosterone was how many how many pellets they've had in the past so it's very individualized for these people um, and it is a very popular form of treatment so those are your basic uh, treatment options there are of course other things that people try for testosterone replacement uh, some people try dietary changes there are some over-the-counter uh, commercials that people see on testosterone enhancement, which people try. We're not going to get into those because they're not uh, something that is um, uh, F necessarily FDA regulated at all, and it's based on personal preference. Uh, if you should have any questions regarding testosterone replacement, you can feel free to contact us at evercarefamilypractice.com or uh, our email, which is evercarefamilypractice at gmail.com, on Facebook, Instagram. You can call our office at 505-780-8301. We would love to hear from you. I always encourage any questions or comments. Uh, I would absolutely 
uh, love to discuss any questions you have further. And I would like to thank everyone for joining me today for this brief podcast just to go over some of the treatment options in a little bit more detail. I'd like to thank Brad F. and Kathy V. I'd like to thank Colleen as well as Samantha and Angelina. And also I would like to thank Mark and all of our listeners from California, Pennsylvania, Texas, New Mexico, India, and uh, wherever you're listening from. We, I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.